the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. I always tune into Counterculture. You do? I always well, you're, do. You're here. You have no choice. I'm riveted by this show. <laughs> you just say that. <laughs> I'm Jonathan. And I'm Lisa. Oh, good to uh, see you again. Hey, it's really good to see you. Um, good to be back. It's good to be back. It's... It, summer is is coming here in Arizona, as you can tell. Oh, you know, oh, for sure. Today I'm in shorts. Yes, you are. I You're call in your it, summer attire. I'm my summer attire. It's called. I call it like a mullet. Well, it's, it's your kind of, summer yeah. radio attire. Yeah, it's right? my summer on top. Business on top. Exactly. Party on the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. Do I need to re? Do I need to re? You change, might. Am I think you that might. through a little you bit. Might. Let's just say you have sandals on. Okay. I have so. sandals on. <laughs> 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 so oh, we digress. We digress, but we love this. We love being the show. We love the community that's around, and and the chance and to we want to have fun, and we want to have fun because it's a hard subject matter. We talk about it a lot of is. times because it's like oh what you know because it's so easy just to be as we say just f- go with the flow, which is making enemy. You know, those people are so bad. Let's go. But counterculture, our whole show is. We want to find the opposite of that. Absolutely. The bridge builders, the connectors, the peacemakers that are really the compassion builders in our society. and just Those that dare to think differently. Those that dare to think differently. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. And so, so, and so we get today, we have my good buddy, Dave Drum, calling up from sunny Tucson. Hi, Dave. Hey, good to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much. Dave's one of those guys. We 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 have many years of friendship. I can just call up, bro. Can you help a brother out? So I love you know, that things had kind of fallen through. And and but Dave is, and Dave is also in the very rare category of a repeat guest. Oh, that is a rare. Yeah, ca- Dave, only- you've really made the list. Yeah, because I, he doesn't repeat a lot. No, nope, so nope. that's I, that's pretty amazing. I like to keep it original, but no. But Dave always got something cool to say. So. Uh, Dave's been a, was a minister for decades in Tucson, has led uh, church movements, and and mm. just he's one of those guys who I call a super connector. He's just he just connects and brings he people knows. together. He's CEO of J Seventeen Ministries in Tucson, and just a, a kind bridge builder who's who's in the weeds and get gets it done. And so. we need we need you, Dave. <laughs> we need and we need more Daves, like more people like you that are that are getting it done. That's because that's a really good point. We have a lot of people that talk a lot mm-hmm. and have theories about like you know, like even like leadership books or different things. And you go, but I want those that are actually leading. Yeah. I want to read the. Mm-hmm. I want I want those people that have the scars yeah. from practicing 
that's who I want to learn from, right? Yeah. Because it's easy to write and not be in the weeds or a practitioner. So, yeah. Dave, thank you for being that person. You're welcome. One of the phrases that we use quite a bit um, around here is doing unity. Mm. Um, as opposed to just talking about it, so doing unity. Um, okay, yeah. Okay, so let's let's break that down. What does doing unity look like for well, you? Um, yeah, I I have come to realize over the last dozen years that I've been um, in full time ministry, working to see Jesus' prayer answered in John seventeen. Mm-hmm. That's been my full time gig for twelve years now. Um, and in, in that process, um, it's just, you, you're talking about people who are connectors and just great people to connect with and, and get to meet. I get to meet with those people every day. It's such an awesome job. Um, just heroes of the faith and heroines of the faith. And, uh, and, and that's, that's my gig. I get paid to do this. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The guy's like driving a Mercedes. The guy's got like two houses. The guy, no, I'm just, and a helicopter. He's Be careful, got it all. Because people yeah. are going to believe you. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Uh, he is, he's, he's not, you're not doing it for the paycheck because this is your heart and your like lifelong. It's got to be a calling. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, I come to realize that I was made for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just a, it's part of my heartbeat. Mm. I think, you know, doing the work that we all do, and it's all different, but I really, I think we all have a moment or something that happened, a transcendent moment mm. or something, some experience that kind of propelled us into the work we do. I know Jonathan and I have each talked about some significant moments or experiences in our life that called us into living Counterculturally, living as peacemakers. What mm-hmm. was there something in your life because um, you were like a pastor in ministry that you went? You know what? I think this is the direction. I think there's something to doing unity. What did you have a moment? Did you have a conversation? Did you have an experience? Yes, um, to all of those questions. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the answer is D. All of the above. All of you. Okay. Yes. All of all of the above. So when I was in high school, um, my mom was on staff at a Lutheran church, and my dad was on staff at a Baptist church. Hmm. And so Christian unity um, meant the mood around the dinner table at, <laughs> in the evening. It's very personal for me, mm-hmm. because um, while... There's a lot that I'm very grateful for to my parents, um, both of whom have gone on to heaven now. Um, they didn't do that very well. Mm. There was uh, They had a pretty conflicted marriage for lots of different reasons that are beyond the scope of this show. And so um, my passion for unity really traces back to some of the hardships of of the household that I grew up in. Mm. Um, and so it's pretty personal. Um, and yet, even though that's true, and, and I was very passionate for unity um, all through high school and college, um, I, I went to a denominational seminary, and it kind of got lost. Um, I, uh, unity meant hanging out with other Lutherans, 
And even that is exaggerating because they had to be the right kind of Lutherans for me <laughs> to want to hang out with them. We get that. So, yeah. So um, the thing that reignited me was in 1996, um, I'd been a pastor for six years in Tucson at that point, and I attended the International Clergy Gathering of Promise Keepers in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, in 1996, uh, a friend of mine, another fellow pastor from Tucson, and I decided we wanted to go to that. And I got to hear Max Lucado preach on John 17. Mm. And I just wept. And wow. um, that that was the event that kind of reignited my passion. And um, I would say that really in some significant ways ever since then, it's it's been um i've been doing unity instead of just talking about it i that's such a that's a great story and i love you go back it, it kind of started for you around the dinner table mm. and how many times it do really we talk did. about like even recently recent years like the the dining the dinner table the the holiday table has been a source of you know stress division, uh, yeah, yeah right and and it can be, but it also can be a very healing place. And so for you to see kind of disunity at the dinner table, you know, night after night and go, it's got to be a better way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I mean, yeah. you're maybe not saying those words, yeah. but you're, you're just kind of seeing this going, there's got to be a better way than this. I love yeah. how God uses our stories uh, to call us into a place for healing. Isn't that cool? Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing, nothing goes to waste. Right. And God's yeah. yeah. Even especially the pain. Mm-hmm. Like off especially so, the pain. That's yeah. right. That pain I've it's hard for me to get my mind around it, but the pain is very useful in God's economy. He utilizes yeah. it and re, he he heals it. Yes, but he also he can redeem it and then use it to us to bring about greater good in the world and I that's what it seems like what he's done in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is true and I'm I'm very grateful um, for the ways that God has used that experience to to make it um, passionate. It's it's not just a job; it's um, it's a passion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, how what would you want our listeners to understand about doing unity? Because I I think there's everybody wants unity and everybody wants peace, but they don't want to do the part. To be a peacemaker, to be a unity maker. I don't know if that's not a word, but you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, because yeah. that's hard work and it's, uh, you get misunderstood, you kind of get beat up, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. But we want the concept of it. So, how has that been for you, like just even rallying people to this vision to like, how do we live differently where we're, we're unifiers and peacemakers? Yeah. I, um, one of the things that I've come to believe very strongly is that our unity goes as far as our humility will take it, mm-hmm. and and not much further than that. Um, so the call to unity, in fact, I wonder if it, it might be one of the reasons why it captured Jesus' attention as he was heading to the cross. There's, he could have prayed about anything. Um, that Thursday night before Good Friday, and he chose to pray for our unity as the mm-hmm. focal point of his John 17 prayer, which still astounds me, even though I've, I've written books on it and have preached it and taught it. 
um, hundreds of times now, uh, it still is astounding to me that of all the things that Jesus could have chosen, that's the one he chose. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if one of the reasons for that is because it's not a backdoor way of saying um, that that our humility is going to be central to things, because unity will only go as far as humility takes it. Um, so, for instance, um, Jesus, uh, uh, or Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 12, that we're the body of Christ with many parts, um, we, we've got to recognize that at all points in time, we're just a part. Mm. Um, now, we're an important part, and every part is an important part, and we have built-in strengths, but by God's design, we have built-in weaknesses, too. And so unless we have the humility to recognize that no matter how much um, work we do or how many books we read or or how skilled we get, we will never progress beyond being a part of a bigger body. Um, that's always going to be our identity. We're one part of a much bigger body, and God has built us to need the other parts because they're going to be strong in areas that I am, by God's design, weak. It's not a sin issue that I'm weak in those areas. It's how He built me. And that's that's going to be true of me as an individual, but it's also true of me as a congregation. It's true of me as a denomination. It's true of me and my ethnicity. It's true at so many different layers. Mm. Um, and so we need the other parts of the body ethnically, denominationally, globally, generationally, um, we're we're always just a part. Mm. I think what you're saying is so Mm countercultural because we we talk about that, but we want to be the part, not a part, Mm -hmm. right? And that's where you see, and that's where humility comes in. Mm -hmm. It's like, are we okay to be a part and not the part? And yep. I, th- I think that applies both to us individuals, which is interesting, Dave, that you're bringing this up because we, our last couple shows have been on humility. Yes. But mm. both both at the personal level, but even also there can be a group, a group and institutional humility where oftentimes we think our, our, our group of people or our church is the solution mm-hmm. and we're going to yep. get it done. And so yep. <laughs> right. We have the answer. We have all the – yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're a part of – God's church in whatever city or, or God's church in our country or or in the around the world. We're just a part of all of that. And that's such a great yeah, distinctive. I, I think that God will actively um, oppose any one part of the body getting too strong um, mm-hmm. to where it overtakes the rest. Because um, if if Lutherans were um, the answer to all of the church's problems, who would get credit? The Lutherans would. Mm-hmm. And that's not who is supposed to get the credit. The credit mm-hmm. is always supposed to go to the head of the body, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think he'll prevent any one church or denomination or any subset of the greater body from um, knocking it out of the park to the exclusion of the other parts. Uh, I, I think God will actively oppose that. Mm. I, yeah, it's such a great point. It's, and it's like kind of crossing over lines, right? And to go to seeing the other people. A, a lot of times we just think it's it's my way yeah. and it's the best way because that's what we know. And mm-hmm. It's norm, normal yeah. to us. But 
I think the question we ask ourselves is, am I open to another perspective? Mm-hmm. Am I open? Yeah. Like you're talking about Lutherans at your, at your dinner table, Lutheran and Baptist. And it's like, am I open to saying they might know something I don't know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think that's where we almost have to give ourselves permission to think differently Yeah. with that. So in the Amen. body of Christ, I, I think I'm going to be the duodenum. I think I like that. What? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe uh, you're going to be the patella. <laughs> I'm just, we, we just everyone wants to be the big the big bicep or the arm, you know, the big the big showy thing. But maybe we're just maybe we're just a duodenum, right? Have you about that. Well, you're using a word that I have to I have to might have to look. Isn't up. that like the little valve between the uh, above the around the stomach or something? I I'm gonna have to look that up. I think you're right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm showing my I'm, ignorance I'm here. I'm kind of feeling like an Adam's apple. You're right? Adam's <laughs> apple. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, we all we know our place, and Adam's apple matters. I'm I'm, I'm all in That's on right. duodenums. I love my duodenum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our challenge for today is use that word in a in a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, you right. go. Here's a new word I learned. That's now, right. How can you use it in a sentence? Right. Exactly. But, but just to remind us, that's a good reminder, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, embrace it. It is. It yeah. is a good thing. Um, because just like it's true that the other parts of the body have things that we don't have, we have things that the other parts don't have. And so we're we're called to to exercise our strengths and to grow in them and, and whatever God has uniquely gifted us for made us passionate about and given us life experience about, we need to offer that part to the rest of the body because the body needs it. Um, we just have to recognize that the the converse is also true. Mm-hmm. Everybody that we meet is going to have a part that we need. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we just can't go grow too big for our britches, as mm-hmm. my parents would have said. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we all heard that one, yeah, too. That's right. Yeah. I don't think that was just are, in your home. Are you, are you insulting okay. my weight, Dave? Am I, are, you, are you making fun of my weight? No, uh, this is a radio program. A radio right? program. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, you know, and it, it, it's becoming comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Because we always want to be like, how many times have we gone? I wish I had that gift. I wish mm-hmm. I could do that. And we focus yeah. on what we don't have because we want what somebody else has. Mm-hmm. I wish I could speak like them. I wish I could lead like them. I wish I could sing yeah. like. I mean, I was like, I'm singers. I'm just like, you know, I wish I had the voice. I right. don't. Yeah. And so how do we just be embrace who God created us to be mm-hmm. and be content with that and then live that out to the fullest and not try to be somebody we're not? And right. I think that's – I know part of, a lot of part of my life, it was trying to be somebody that I wanted to be, but God never created me to be that person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So learning yep. to go, this is the gifts God's given you. This is your – whatever that word is. And, um, <laughs> and how do I embrace it and be the best mm-hmm. and go – I have a significant part to play sure. because this part's needed in yep. the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dave. I think some of that discovery actually happens by hanging out with people whose life experience is really different from our own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we discover some things about ourselves in that process when we are hanging out. Um, just yesterday, I had the opportunity to be with a group of African-American pastors, and we've been meeting together monthly for 12 years. 
um, a group of African-American and Anglo pastors. The, The original question was essentially, we didn't phrase it that way at the time, but essentially the question was, is our unity in Christ sufficient that we could talk politics and live to tell about it at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the answer has been a resounding yes, because we're still meeting together and we've become mm. such dear friends in the process mm. over, it's been, it's been uh, 11 years now. Wow. Um, not, but uh, 11 years that we've been meeting together. And um, I've discovered so much about myself in that process by hanging around with people who don't see things the same way that I do politically. Mm-hmm. They don't see the things the same way that I do denominationally, experientially. Um, and I've learned a ton, not only about them, but about me too. It's been absolutely life-changing. Mm. And so I, I'm going to change a little subject because it's, but it's related to this. Um, so we're talking, I'm help working with a coalition of leaders, and we've talked about we want to do something in Tucson. And so, what we thought, if we want to talk to churches in Tucson, we need to talk to Dave Drum, because Dave has all those connections. It would have been easy just to go down, start to invite people and reach out, but instead, I we thought, I no, let's talk to people who know people, mm-hmm. and learn and listen, like like for example. We wanted to do a luncheon, and then Dave goes, "There are seven pastors' luncheons every month, right, in Tucson. So, are you yeah. sure? You know, consider that you're going to be, uh, you know, either in competition, sure, or, um, or knowing that there's a lot of these other opportunities, just to consider that. And that's the kind of wisdom that comes from Dave's relationships and connections and trust that he's built up right. over a decade." And really appreciated what he had to, you know, con- helped and guide and shape our our initiative in Tucson. Well, I, but I like uh, your posture of like you're willing to listen to Dave to go. What's the best way to reach your city? Yeah, like you could go and do what you what we've been trained to do, right? You go right. in and start meeting people and rallying people, or you can go to the one person that knows the yeah. culture, the climate down there, right? Right. To go. What do you think is best? Saves you so much yeah. time and energy. And you go to the one person that has been – so I think it's, you know, how do we, how do we posture ourselves mm-hmm. again um, to learn to be a part of unifying? Because had you come in – I know we've had groups even trying to come into Phoenix like, like hey, we're going to help you do this. We're the experts, right? Yes. And that doesn't go over. It doesn't go over well. It doesn't go over, yeah. right? We, first of all, we didn't really invite you. Secondly, yeah. we don't feel like, you know, we, we've got things going. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we could share and work right. together. But so I think it's even our posturing, how we come into a conversation. How do we come into a community, coming mm-hmm. into a church, right? Yep. I totally agree. I, um, for a while, I was kind of on a, a personal campaign. Um, please don't start another nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That was my personal campaign. Yeah. Um, because because um, there's probably already one, or actually there's probably already several dozen that are doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I realize it takes humility to join something that somebody else started, mm-hmm. but it'll be so much stronger than if you end up being in competition, mm-hmm. regardless of whether that's your heart or not. The The reality is you will be in competition mm-hmm. with brothers and sisters 
who are trying to accomplish the same thing you are, and it weakens everybody. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. I, it, well, in fact, Jonathan, you did that workshop at one of the things well, that we were at. Well, you and I did it together, and I think I, I'm not, yeah. not going to brag or nothing, but we kicked some butt at that missions conference. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, I want to hear about did. that. What did you guys do? <laughs> we did. <laughs> we're almost out of time, but we just, we just rocked it. We tag-teamed. Dave's wisdom and my jokes. We just, between the two of us. Yes. (laughs) In your humble opinion. He brought the heart. I brought the sizzle. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Dave, I wish we had more time. This has been such a good conversation. We, uh, you know, J17 Ministries, just a quick, what is it? And then as just for our listeners, they could follow up. Yeah. Um, Our mission is to unite the body of Christ for a divided world. And our website is just j17ministries.org. So it's j17ministries.org. And um, we've got resources that we've developed that are available. Um, we've got programs that we're doing. And, and we're available to um, to take some of those to other cities as well. We've had the privilege of being able to do some of that and would be very open to doing more of that. Mm-hmm. So um, love, love the opportunity that... Um, you guys are providing and love what you're doing, and thanks for letting me be a little part of it today. Well, Lisa's right. We need more Daves in the world. Thank you, brother, for calling in and, and sharing the, your heart for unity. We all need this. Appreciate you a lot. Take care. God bless. Likewise. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace, educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com